Hello and welcome to another episode of Writer and Geek Show. We are your hosts, Vishnu and Shankar. And today we're going to talk about French occupation of India. We're going to continue the colonial series, so sit back and enjoy. The French were in India for a considerable period of time, mm-hmm. around. 300 years from 1664 to almost like 1954 because even though we got independence in 1947 they had their own spaces in india like pondicherry mahe nyanam um, and karekal for an extended period of time so they were the i think they were the last ones to leave uh, india or is it i think it's portuguese because goa was taken over by indian army in 1961 i don't know if french stayed beyond that no no a french their last settlement was ceded to india in 1954 which was pondicherry then, then it is so, portuguese yeah. puducherry yeah so the story of french occupation in india is all about being the last empire to come and colonize india mm-hmm. because if you remember if you have heard our previous episodes you would know that portuguese reached india in 1490s then we had uh, the britishers and uh, dutch come in around like 16 uh, the first ten- decade of 1600s and we also had danish norwegian explorers colonial power coming in india way earlier but even though french wanted to enter the country during that time it took them almost another 60 years to get their hold in india mm. the reasons given for their late entrance is uh, mostly their geographical area where they were located it was not that accessible for them to leave the country just like that mm. and they had no experience mm-hmm. almost close to zero experience in investing so much energy right. money and manpower yeah. to set up a company in a completely different Uh, part of the world yeah that's you know? true i i just want to elaborate a little bit on the geographical part right so if you look at how france the position of france in europe towards the north you have british empire right you have england and uk and stuff on the uh, west you have spain which was one of the biggest powers at that point of time and even portugal was there all that is left for them is mediterranean in the south right and if we have to remember that there was no suez canal at that point yeah. so if you have to come you have to come through south of spain cross gibraltar and come around africa so i i think that might be the uh, geographical reason yeah so basically they were ex- inexperienced too yes. and uh, it took them a long time to come to india the first scent of french trying to come to india it happened during 1603 when uh, the king henry the 4th he set up french east india company uh, is this a joke like everybody is setting east india companies with different flavors i don't know it's easier to name it that way right but <laughs> yeah. i have a wild speculation probably you know because uh, history is written in english probably mm. they had a name in french right which while translate translating you know Mm, they named it as french yeah, company lost in I'd, translation and i think it know? was easy for uh, people who are speaking english to call East India Company with different names of the countries where they started, right? Rather than using those difficult yeah, to pronounce be- words. Yeah, because even Dutch, the East India Dutch East India Company, it was actually called VOC. Mm. I'm not going to pronounce its full name because I don't remember, and mm. even if I know, I I'll butcher it. Yeah, so it was set in 1603, but they were not able to find any settlements in India. Then f- almost 40 years li- later, they set up another French East India Company, the second one. 
but it took almost 22 years for them to finally i mean who was the plan to come to india who was the ceo of that company it's not steve jobs <laughs> oh. so yeah uh, in 1664 uh, under the then king louis 14 he made uh, john baptist calvet yeah the i think we'll leave the leader, name in yeah, the leader of show, this uh, french east india company and he came to india and uh, set up french east india company mm. about so, something about this louis uh, 14th was one of the most powerful absolute monarch in the history i think and if i remember correctly he ruled france for about 72 years he oh, became a wow. king when he was 4 years old huh. yeah Well, that's why almost like 14 and to he, 16, it took almost like 100 years. And he was absolutely powerful. Like, it was absolute monarch. Hmm. Okay. So, the company was given monopoly for the next 50 years. But the actual aim for the company was to go to Madagascar mm-hmm. first and find a settlement and start a farm there. You know, mm-hmm. agriculture, uh, produce some whatever they want over right. there. Because it's known for its fertile land. But... in a few years they figured out okay it's not profitable so the next big thing is of course india right you just have to go a little further go across yeah, the yeah. arabian sea right yeah so you'll get there so that's how the french reached india so once they reached india they gave the duties to run the company to this person called francis caron he was actually the governor general of the dutch east india company for 30 years So basically they just so they outsourced it. Yeah, right? they outsourced I mean, they, them so they hired an I hired an employee from another com- country. Yeah, but right? this guy was actually French who was working for the Dutch. So he is the guy who oh, yeah. <laughs> so he was working on site then he yeah. came back. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a very big betrayal thing mm. back then. So he uh, what he did was like he opened opened like factories in Surat in 1668 Masulipatnam in 1669 and then in Bantam in Bantam I think it's pronounced Bantam mm-hmm. in Indonesia and also like in 1673 with the permission of that then Mughal emperor he set up uh, a factory in Chandranagar mm-hmm. which is in Bengal now they had a few factories set up in different parts of the country So now they wanted a place to sit and govern from. For that they approached the Sultan of Bijapur and 1674 with the help of the Sultan of Bijapur they set up their governing center in Pondicherry. And by 1701 Pondicherry was made the headquarters of French East India Company. But the story of occupation of Pondicherry does not stop there because there were a lot of other empires around. They used to like fight for Pondicherry. For example, Dutch, they conquered Pondicherry in 1690s. But the French, they took back the governing center, not through warfare, but they they came to an agreement through a treaty which happened in mainland Europe. It was called uh, the Treaty of Rizvik. So the Peace Treaty of Rizvik was a series of treaties signed in the Dutch city of Rizvik. Mm. I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but I'm sure Otherwise I'm not. Dutch friends can <laughs> let us know. Yeah. Between like 20th September and 30th October of 1697. What, what? It took them so much time to write and uh, sign it? Hello, the Treaty of Versailles took much more time, I believe. Yeah, that is because of good reasons. Yeah. Ah, yeah. This treaty ended the Nine Years' War, which took place from 1688 to 1697 between France and and the grand alliance which included england spain and the dutch Re- republic 
so these three empires they had like conspired against french and fought hmm. but they were able to like finally reach a peace no treaty and took them so much time yeah they reoccupied pondicherry without uh, going through any warfare but as said the spanish were very powerful right so they were expanding through europe and the war of succession in europe led to french losing many of their factories in india because they were not able to like financially uh, make do with uh, whatever was happening here but in uh, 1715 the dutch they left mauritius because of similar reasons and the french didn't waste any time to go and occupy mauritius hmm. so, so they occupy the places which others leave is it yeah that that's what they <laughs> used to do and later they also took over seychelles and chagos islands right i am not sure where chagos is even i have yeah. i have not heard but seychelles yeah. is very popular tourist destination i think yeah though the dutch were leaving other colonies their stronghold in india was becoming larger and larger even the british they they were like not giving up on india because india had a lot of resources as we all know by 1718 they had to leave surat masulipatnam and bantam factories because they were not able to compete with the dutch and the british Mm-hmm. So what they thought was like you know we'll combine all the companies that we have in different places for example the one we have in the east with the west so the one in the west uh, there was this company called uh, John Laws Mississippi company so they combined uh, both their activities in 1718 so when you say west west of the world or west of west India? of the world okay. west indies so they combined these two companies in 1719 but the company dissolved in a year mm-hmm. so that how that's how bad uh, the situation were with the french uh, and their empire but again they were not the ones to bail out very easily right even if they have to retreat too much so in <laughs> <laughs> well so in 1723 they restarted the company and set up their factories in yanam in andhra pradesh mm-hmm. mahi and uh, karekal yeah so mahi is in kerala right i know because i was uh, i studied in kasaragod during my engineering right and any trip that we make we, we used to make sure that we pass through mahi which is which is with, uh, within the kannur district of kerala to get the essential supplies yeah the re- <laughs> exactly because drinks are cheap so you get drinks for yourself and the tour bus also gets drink for itself because petrol and diesel prices are way less than uh, kerala state because it's a union territory of course so there are no extra taxes and stuff like that so while the bus refuels itself we used to refuel ourselves <laughs> by all the necessary drinks and stuff because even liquor is very cheap and if you pass through mahi anytime you'll see that on either side of the road it's just wine shops wine shop by wine shop i mean you get hard liquor as well is it because of the french if that is the case i should we should thank them N- no i i don't <laughs> know, think it has got anything to do with the french culture and history it's mainly because it's union territory right okay, so okay, okay. things are cheaper and because it the highway passes through that area right it's a it's a good market for people right okay. anyone who wants to buy drinks and yeah stuff. so when they restarted in 1723 they worked under the name of the perpetual company of indies i think they that had a really separate french name they had <laughs> i mean highly optimistic perpetual yeah. and all that see what i'm saying is like they had a different french name but right. during lost translation, in translation yeah every, the the, the I, yeah because perpetual lost. is highly ambitious right yeah so once they restarted the company in 1723 the that period was like very flourishing for them mm. from 1720 to 1742 they had a few good generals like uh, Pierre Christophe Lenoir and uh, Pierre Benoit Dumas 
who were able to help the company grow especially since they had uh, their stronghold on Maur- Mauritius mm-hmm. and uh, the south indian ocean it was yeah. much easier from 1740s things started changing they mainly came to india just to make money it mm-hmm. was all commercial for them yeah. but then they saw that other empires were like leaning into the political framework of mm-hmm. india so they thought you know if we also get into the pol- political field in the colony it'll be easier for them to like make more profits and it was also helped by the state of the princely states in india mm-hmm. like which were like fighting each other all the, all the time right for example the hyderabadis were like fighting the marathas so it left the coromandel coast right without much of a protection to make most of the situation the french they send their most successful general joseph francois duplay du I think duple, it's spelled duple, duple yeah, it's right? Duple. It's 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 pronounced duple. Yeah. It's spelled D U P L E I X. Yeah. So I think even the buildings where we call them duplex is ah, actually duple, duple, right? Yeah, yeah, it's duple. Most of them, I or even, even I didn't know. Either. I even now call it duple because I uh, duplex because I don't have the habit of. And even otherwise, if you say duple, nobody's going to understand. Yeah, yeah. They're like, what is duple? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this guy had larger visions for the company. Mm. Like he wanted to create. a french empire in india but this was directly in conflict with what the britishers had in mind mm-hmm. which resulted in a lot of wars but he was able to gain a lot of ground from like hyderabad to uh, kanyakumari mm. it was under the french during his time oh like rest of the country was under british oh, i never knew that part yeah so from hyderabad to kanyakumari it was under the french rule during the 1740s wow uh, 1760s i think the britishers did a great job of scrubbing that all away right because yeah, you yeah. don't see any french influence at all yeah, except yeah. if you go to pondicherry yeah right that's only place i've seen anything that's the only place so yeah so yeah but the thing was like uh, during this time a lot of other wars also happened for example the uh, carnatic wars which happened from 1740 to 17 <laughs> 48 you know why <laughs> don't tell me that you thought they were like singing exactly. doing a jugalbandi <laughs> and thought stuff it's a music yeah it was a name given by the britishers musical war. war everybody no. sits on the opposite side because of that because karnataka <laughs> was involved that's why i guess i think uh, yeah yeah and from 1756 to 63 the seven years war took place between the french and the british which was also referred as zero world war What? Yeah, it was of that scale it seemed. There were like lot of countries helping. Oh. I mean not countries the empires were like helping these two empires to like you know figure out who is going to win. And India was at the center of it, right? Yeah. I mean if there is a third world war looks like India will be the center. Yeah, of looks like it looks like it. And the battle of Plassey also happened during this time. The catalyst to that war was Nawab Sirajuddaula. Sirajuddaula in 1756 he what he did was like he attacked the british fort of william in calcutta with the encouragement of french mm-hmm. so this resulted in the seven years war between the french and the british sorry this resulted in the battle of plassey <laughs> okay this i re- i am fascinated by the way britishers and french people name their wars it's like 100 years war 12 years war seven years war and stuff yeah i think they are bad at naming right so <laughs> yeah. anyway So during this time Duple he left he went back to France and they sent this new general named Lally Tolendal to Pondicherry in 1758 this was in retaliation to whatever the british were doing to the french initially he was able to have a you know small small successes but 
lot of strategical failures from his part led mm. to the led to them losing hyderabad and pondicherry wow and in 1761 the britishers they burned pondicherry to the ground and wow. it lay in ruins for the next 4 years till the french were able to get it back through a peace treaty mm-hmm. in uh, which would be completely yeah, in favor of the british i think right? 1763 what which would be completely in favor of the british uh yeah I, I i try to look for it but it's like it i found it more to be like balanced one both okay. were benefiting because giving out giving back pondicherry was like a big deal right mm-hmm. yeah and the french they rebuilt the town in like 5 months because it is a major uh, area for them from the where they used to govern right and then in 1769 the french crown it abolished the company and mm-hmm. took over the whole colonies in india under its rule and france was also inching closer to their own revolution right yeah 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 and the authority of pondicherry over the next 50 years it changed hands from mm-hmm. the british to mm-hmm. the french because of wars and right. treaties so like they'd fight then they come together and have a peace talk they write a treaty give it back fight treaty give it back fight so treaty pondicherry give it back. was like a <laughs> it was like a uh, so if, if the hedge <laughs> no, i think it's it's more like a peace offering right yeah. if you are at peace then french will occupy pondicherry but if you are at war then british will occupy something like that and after the napoleonic war in uh, 1816 pondicherry karaikal mahe chandranagar and yanam and surat masulipatnam calicut it was all returned to f- the french Mm-hmm. but the thing was like by then it the, the places had lost its glory oh, yeah. and it was hard for them to like generate revenue but mm-hmm. still they they settled there and you know went ahead with the trade whatever uh, remained by 1871 the french established local councils and a general elected council so that it can run independently but uh, this didn't bear any success mm-hmm. and resulted in them being in the same path where they've made meager uh, profits then we directly jump into india after independence once we gained independence from the british it was just a matter of time for for uh, the colony other colonial empire to like leave yeah and places like surat masulipatnam calicut were given back to india in october of 1947 which was like august september a october. year a year two later. months yeah two, two no, months 48 after, right 47 47 okay two months after we got independence and uh, in an agreement in 1948 both the countries agreed that they'll conduct elections in french owned areas mm-hmm. i think that might be the reason i as i mentioned in the earlier in this episode right i spoke to a man who was from mahi right mm. so there were people still receiving french pension and stuff like that even now yeah at least 10 years ago when i spoke wow. to him. so that means people who are working with french government so even when they left they were still given pensions and stuff like that wow and some of the schools are also supported by the french government even now okay i don't know exactly if it is the same thing now but at least 12 years this back this is what the person not. told you right exactly, so yeah, yeah. Uh, take it with the pinch of salt yeah he's a he is a resident of mahi okay, so then he must the, know yeah, yeah. and in uh, 2nd of may 1950 chandranagar was given back to india and it finally became a part of west bengal in uh, 2nd october uh, 1954 then a month later pondicherry karaikal mahi and yanam was ceded to india thus the french completely leaving india so, but i think yeah. that was more of a peaceful kind of a thing right yeah. there was no military involved like the case of goa yeah. but i think portuguese there was some goa yeah. yeah so goa was not given back to india till 61 
and uh-huh. indian army had to go and um, kind of invade <laughs> goa if 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 we if we may use that word yeah but this one was a yeah. much more peaceful this one this was peaceful so, yeah. so that's the history of french in india we should thank them for all the french food that yeah. we have over here i was just wondering if french had colonized india rather than british right we would have had much more items in the bakery maybe yeah i think but that <laughs> would be the only thing that we would have gained if they had occupied it and yeah anyway, probably we were, we were the one we were the losers in the whole <laughs> irrespective of who was yeah the, yeah, uh, yeah we were the losers anyway So Losers in the sense we are the ones who lost stuff. Lost stuff, yeah. yeah, a lot of stuff. Like India was the backbone of Britain back then, right? They plundered everything from India. So, are we coming towards the conclusion of this series? Yeah, the next episode would be about the insignificant players, mm-hmm. um, including the Spanish, Swedish, Japanese, and I'm not sure about Italians. I'm still uh, yet to research about them, what they've done in India. I'm not mm. sure if they have ever. They have had a good influence with respect to food, is what I know. Yeah, I yeah. Know what and Japanese have occupied a couple of cities in India. Yeah, right? under thanks Subhash to Subhash Chandra Bose, yeah. which we'll talk probably in detail later on. And then uh, the next one would be about British occupation of India. I think that'll be the biggest hmm. chapter. That in the itself series. can be like what three, four episodes. Uh, yeah, probably we can. but we'll try to keep it short yes, just because i think i think facts. yeah i That's think most all. of the, most of us know the history we have learned in history books yeah see the whole stuff. idea is not to like give you talk to you about the emotional factor right. what the people yeah. went through yeah. and all that this is just facts exactly. putting it out there so that you know when you, they came what they did when they left what were, were the activities that they conducted over here that salt yeah it's more more of a logical assessment of how things happened uh, um, not to touch any emotional strings because that is a completely different thing altogether right we are just saying so if we were not indians and we were making this episode how would it be like looking at it from a third person's perspective of how western powers conquered india right so that's how we are planning to do this yeah if you like this episode please don't forget to share with your friends uh, share it on your social media give us a shout out um, and we are very open to feedback as well you can reach us on twitter easiest way to do things uh, or you can shoot us an email all the details are on our website writerandgeek.com use the contact form to Yeah, use a contact form to have good conversations, not to request us for uh, podcast editing and so other whatnot. But even if you are planning to invite us to uh, edit your podcast, please give us some details about it, not just one-liners. We just received an email a couple of days back from some guy yeah. saying need podcast editor or something like That's that. That's it, all like it is. Subject line. email id return email id and then need podcast it i am hope i am hoping that he was just testing out the contact form and i checked the website that he had mentioned it's actually a you know reasonably sized company mm-hmm. so yeah so anyway. that company should take note of this let's not mention anyway no nah, i'm so not yeah. mentioning the company yeah, at all but yeah that's it for the episode so thank you so much for listening so far and for all your support we really appreciate it uh, your support has helped us climb the apple charts uh, for podcasters from india listen more and help us get to number 1 absolutely so thank you. Uh, thank you so much again uh, we'll see you in the next one